Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, this is Joshua Kulp. This is Daily Daf Differently for Masachet Ketubot, for Tractate Ketubot, Daf Hay, the fifth page of the Masachet. Uh, and we're continuing to talk about virginity claims. There's actually a section here that I think is one of the most important sections in the chapter, and it's one I've been sort of waiting to teach you and to talk about because, I don't know, I feel like I had something interesting to say about it. And it appears on the first half of the amu, uh, <coughs> of the page, on Dafhe Amud Aleph. Um, and it begins, Ibairahu. They asked the question. A virgin is married on the fourth day of the week and has relations on the fourth day. And we're not concerned lest uh, he cool down. And I'm going to explain that at length in a couple of minutes uh, before the court sits on Thursday. In other words, Wednesday night they would have their first sexual relations and we're not concerned lest he cool down. Again, I'll explain that in a minute. By Thursday morning. Uh, um, or, or a virgin is married on Wednesday and she's, uh, first time relations is already Thursday, meaning later in the night. All right. So the two options are here. Let me just clarify. Is the first sexual relations Wednesday, uh, sort of a little bit outside after the wedding? Or do we have to wait till later on Wednesday night? And I think you're rightfully asking the question. That little bit of time, really, who makes a big difference about such a time? Uh, if we make him wait until later on Wednesday night, which they call Thursday morning, that the reason why would make him wait a little longer is we're concerned lest he cool down by the time uh, the Beit Dean, the court, sits on Thursday morning. So I'm going to talk about this issue of Ikuri Data for a moment, even perhaps before I read the answer. It is a really strange concept here in the Bavli. Again, let me go over it. The idea is that he has to have sexual relations with her a little bit later. What are we afraid of? If we say we are concerned about Ikuri Data, this cooling down, we're afraid that He's going to find her not to be a virgin. In other words, he was expecting her to be a virgin. He's going to find out that he's not, he's not a virgin. If he were to have the opportunity to go to the court immediately and file his complaint, then he would do so. But what are we concerned about? We're concerned that a little bit of extra time will, uh, will separate when he finds out that she's not a virgin in the court, and he's going to cool down. Maybe he'll fall in love with his wife. He'll decide it wasn't so important that she was a virgin, and he won't go and make the claim to the court. And here, I think the big question that we have to ask is, who cares? Why should we care so much that he doesn't make his virginity claim? 
In other words, what's the big deal? Right? He turns out she wasn't a virgin. Maybe she lied to him. Maybe she was a virgin. Who knows what? He ends up paying her 200 Do we really care? Why should we really care that a husband doesn't make a virginity claim? And this has to do with the fact, I think, the transition that I spoke about a couple of shiurim ago between the biblical law and the rabbinical law. In other words, in the, in the biblical law, the point of a virginity claim was to uh to annul the marriage basically and uh to punish her for adultery for the rabbis the um the point of a virginity claim was only to cause her to lose her ketubah or at least lose part of her ketubah and as we're going to see as we go through this chapter increasingly it becomes i would say virtually impossible for a husband to really succeed in a virginity claim. We're going to see this in some Mishnayot. We're going to see this in some stories that for the most part, according to most Tanaim, it is virtually impossible for a husband to make a successful virginity claim. So what does this have to do with Ikuri Data? The issue is if a husband knows his virginity claim is not going to be successful. A smart husband is going to say, why should I even bother? After all, it's a little embarrassing. Right? He goes to the court. He talks about intimate sexual matters. It may be embarrassing to his wife. If he's going to lose, he's going to have to stay with her anyway. He's not going to gain any financial benefit from making his virginity claim. The problem with that, and that's all fine. I don't think the rabbis were bothered by that. Actually, they're the ones who seem to have shaped that law. The problem with that is that there is still a chance that she may have committed adultery between the time of betrothal and the time of marriage. Let's say he betrothed her, I don't know, in Nisan of one year, and then he married her, Nisan, Adar, who knows, the following year, right? A typical time between betrothal and marriage may have been a year. Now, if she committed, um, had sex before the betrothal and she just wasn't a virgin at the time of betrothal, that's not such a problem. The problem is the husband really doesn't know. If she had sexual relations with another man in between betrothal and marriage, then she is a full adulteress. Now, Jewish law can't deal with that situation by rabbinic times because they no longer execute, they no longer um, deal with capital crimes. Nevertheless, she's prohibited to him. And the rabbis took this prohibition quite seriously, as we can see in Masechet Sota. So the problem is, think about what's happening now. The problem is the husband has a financial claim against her that he's going to lose. So he's not going to make it. He's not a fool. He's not going to make that claim. The problem is, she may be prohibited to him. And we fear that if he delays it, he's going to start thinking, ah, why should I make this claim? I'm just going to lose anyway. Therefore, at least in the rabbinic understanding in the Bavli, they wanted the uh, virginity claim to be as close as possible to the time when the court sits because the fear that these rabbis had, at least in the Bavli, is that a husband's going to cool down and he's going to stay with a woman who is actually prohibited to him. Originally, in my opinion, they probably put the virginity claims right next to the day that the court sat, or at least that's why they said that they put the virginity claim, or they scheduled the wedding to be the day before the court so that he could come immediately to the court, not because we were afraid that he was going to cool down, Rather, what were we afraid? We were afraid that a day later, the evidence is going to be lost, and he may um, 
not be able to, she may lose her evidence and he may come and get angry. In other words, not afraid that he's cooling down. He may fear that a couple days later, he's making something up. I wrote about this in an article. Uh, you can find it on academia.edu. I've put it up on the academia. Uh, so I'm not going to get too into it. But there's a big shift, as I've talked about several times, between the virginity claims, the what's called the Motsi Shemra in the Bible, and the financial virginity claim in um, rabbinic literature. Now, the Gemara, I want to read on a little bit in the Gemara. The Gemara answers this with a Tashma. Come and learn. Datani bar kapara. Bar kapara, I early Amora said, Betulani seit berevi'i, v'nivelet bechamishi. She's betrothed on Wednesday and gets uh, her first sexual relations on Thursday. Ho'il v'nemra bo bracha dagim, Because the bracha for fish be fruitful and multiply, was said on Thursday. Therefore, the Bi'ila Rishona, the first sexual relation, should be on Thursday. And he says the same thing about the Almana, the widow. She's married on Thursday. And uh, first sexual relation, for, for, not first sexual relations for her, but first sexual relations of the couple is on Friday. Ho'il v'nem rabo adam. Because the bracha pru uruvu miru it's be fruitful and multiply and fill the world was said to people, obviously as we well know, on Friday, and so the Gemara says, look, tama mishum bracha. The reason that she has relations for the first time for a virgin on Thursday and for a non-virgin on Friday is because of bracha, this special blessing. Aval mishum data lo We're not worried that he's going to cool down, at least not in that small amount of time. Uh, and I just wanted to point out here that many scholars say, look, Bar Kapara, you can see this better in the Yushalmi, Bar Kapara is not explaining why she has relations on Thursday or Friday. What he's really explaining is why virgin is mar- a virgin is married on Wednesday and an amana, a widow, or a second marriage on Thursday in the first place. In other words, what you have here really is another ancient explanation for why uh, the rabbis have these set days for weddings, thir- Wednesday and Thursday, or better put, Wednesday, Thursday night, uh, Wednesday night, Biarishona, first relations, Thursday and Thursday night for uh, first sexual relations. That it had nothing to do with the court. That all that it really had to do with was that these were considered lucky days. How do we know they were considered lucky days? Because the blessings said to fish and to people, be fruitful and multiply, were said on those days. And the truth is, um, the Mishnah, most scholars think that the Mishnah and the Tosefta originally just didn't know. There was a, a, a varying dispute, a dis, a, uh, opinions, excuse me on why a virgin was married on Wednesday and an Almana on Thursday. And by the time they got to the Mishnaic period, the original reason for why marriages took place on that day were probably lost, and they justified them in several different ways. In my doctorate, and hopefully eventually will come out as a book, I tried to go through some of the different ways. But you can see here an ancient, by the way, we're going to see, probably was no longer observed by the Mishnaic period, um, but an ancient custom, uh, rabbis later on had to provide explanations. Neither of these explanations are perfect. Bar Kapara would have worked better if marriages had been on Thursday and Friday, by the way. And uh, um, the issue of waiting, of getting to the court the next day is very problematic. 
for the most part, it doesn't explain at all why we can't get married on Sunday, and it doesn't explain the amana at all as e e either. Okay, so that, I know that was a little complicated, but a little taste of some of the reasons that were there in the Mishnah. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epicorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.